Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time to speak up. Hallelujah. I want to tell you that it is time. Why sit we here till we die? Why wait till we're at the point where we're buying dove's dung and eating mule's head like they did in those days until two lepers decided, I, if we die, we die, but we're not going to sit here till we die. I believe God is wanting to raise up something on the inside of His people that, yeah, we're supposed to die, die to self, but it doesn't mean we're supposed to be silent and act like we're dead. God wants us to speak up on His behalf. He says that let the redeemed of the Lord said so. He says that we are to raise up our voice like a trumpet. He wants us to sound the alarm that the enemy is trying to silence the voice of the church and that everything is okay as long as we're not offending or we're not speaking openly against what is against God. But that is the reason we find our nation in a place where we find it today is because for a long time we've decided that we've got to be dead to self, not offend anybody and just let people live the way they choose to live because everybody has a choice. Well, you do have a choice. But before we choose, you got to remember, God said, choose you this day who you will serve. We can choose life or we can choose death. We can choose the blessing or we can choose the curse. And I tell you, when I hear about these different ones who are wanting to get in position and they're wanting to put their homosexual agenda. And they've already announced that they want to give freedom so homosexuals can get into the, into the military. I'll think of, of Sergeant Brad here. And you know, it's one thing in, a, in the foxhole to have a soldier watching your back. But it's another thing to be in the shower and they're watching your backside. I think a soldier has enough on their mind to worry about. Without being in the trenches fighting the enemy and worried about some guy with HIV trying to hit on him. God's very clear in His Word about homosexuality. And they do not belong in our military. If you think we have a high casualty right now, did you hear me? If we Americans think we have a high casualty right now in the military, let the devil have his way. And let the covering of God be taken off. It's time for America to stand up for righteousness and truth. I've got the emails and you can look it up on everybody's favorite Mickey Land, Walt Disney. And they have Gay Day. And on Gay Day, they have Fairy Tale. You know what Fairy Tale is? It's when the fairies go in Cinderella's castle and get married. And it's called Fairy Tale. Men go in there, women go in there, and they get married in Cinderella's castle because it's Gay Day. If Mr. Disney was alive today, he'd be saying, this ain't my, this ain't what I built this place for. I built it for families. We've got to stand up for righteousness. No matter what the cost. Why sit we here in a comfortable church when people are going to hell because the Christians don't want to speak up? And we say, well, we don't want to offend anybody. Well, they're offending God and the Word of God. And they could come back and say, well, your God is mean. Oh, no. If you'd ever get to know the cross of Calvary, you see that my God is a God of love. If you see the price that He paid for you, and I want you to see, look over here with me, and I shared this with you last week, but I want you to see here in Luke chapter 18. 
And you're probably thinking, boy, how long are you going to be on this soapbox? Well, guess what? we got a guest speaker next week, and he is awesome. And I wanted you to come and hear Brother Greg, and he's going to bless you. But you got today with me. Lock the doors. And it says in Luke chapter 18. It says, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray. Say, always pray. And never give up. Say, never give up. You know, I was thinking about it. I was with uh, Sergeant Jody here the other day, and we went out to Aiton. He's a chaplain in the military, Pentecostal chaplain in the military. And a uh, six-degree black belt. Man, I'm proud of him. And uh, anyway, he said, you, you want to see some helicopters? So we went over to the base, and I got to see the new... Uh, and I got to see the Hueys and, and the Blackhawks and get to shake hands with soldiers from different states. And one of the things that was interesting that he told me, because he used to work, be a chaplain working with the Apache helicopters, and the thing about the Apache helicopters is that they can rise up, see their target, and come right back down behind a mountain, and they can figure it all in, and those missiles will rise up, and one at a time rise up and go over the mountain and hit the target. And within a few seconds, there's one right after another. And the helicopter doesn't have to rise up again. It just stays right there. But the missiles rise up and go. Well, how many of you know that? I believe that's how we got to be this hour with the church. There's a story here about a lady who went to an unjust judge who was an atheist, who didn't believe in God, who didn't fear God, didn't fear man. But he goes on to say, and I read the story last week, that he said, because this woman keeps nagging me, and because this woman won't leave me alone, and because she's like those, those missiles off that Apache helicopter that just keeps coming and keep coming and coming. And he says, she hasn't changed my mind about God. She hasn't changed my mind about man. But one thing about it, she just keeps coming so much that I'm just going to give her what she wants. And I want you to know, last week I shared with you, a few weeks ago I gave you some papers to boycott Ford. And a lot of people say, well, what good is that? Well, here we go. Here's a new paper from the American for Truth. And it says, Ford meets the conditions and the boycott is suspended. Over 800,000 people boycotted Ford and told them in a gentle, loving way, as you just signed in there, that we were against you giving money to gay parades and so forth and so on. And it says that they, since they, uh, while we were boycotting, their income kept going down. And as you know, Ford's in a bad way economically. And it says, first of all, the original agreement, they have agreed that Ford would not renew current promotions or create future incentives to give cash donations to homosexual organizations based on purchase of a vehicle. <laughs> Ford would not make corporate donations to homosexual organizations that, as part of their activities, engage in political or social campaigns to promote civil unions or same-sex marriages. Ford would stop giving cash and vehicle donations or endorsements to homosexual social activities such as gay pride parades. And Ford would cease all advertising on homosexual websites and through homosexual media outlets of magazines, television, radio in the U.S. with the exception of 100,000 to be used by Volvo. I guess we got to boycott Volvo now, but I plan on buying a Volvo. The Volvo ads would be the same as the ads, so forth and so on. And with a few more issues remaining, but they have agreed. 
I've got a new paper out there that you can sign not only for abortions, which we have over 100 signatures and you keep handing them out, but I have a new paper out there boycotting McDonald's that they have really attacked the body of Christ, the church, with their words. And I tell you what, I like their French fries just like you do, but they can give somebody else the heart attack food. Your vote makes a sound. And I want to read to you something that George Washington said back in his early days in office. He said, government is a troublesome servant and a fearful master. Sometimes we must stand up to our government. There's a time and a place for civil disobedience. This is from my founding father. But it should come only as a last resort However, if the government, listen to what George Washington said, if the government commands what God condemns, or if the government prohibits what God promotes, then you are obligated to disobey President George Washington. Did you hear what he said? And we see these examples with the midwives and Pharaoh, Daniel and the king, Christians and the imperials swearing to the Lord and not to Caesar. Peter and the religious rulers. We see defending the freedom of Christianity in Moses and Pharaoh, Nathan and David, Elijah and Ahab, Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar, John the Baptist and Herod and Peter and the Sanhedrin. Joseph Stalin said, ideas are more powerful than guns. We would not let our enemies have guns. Why should we let them have ideas. Iran studies how China grows economically while controlling political ideas of its people. Venezuela is studying Cuba and Russia, North Korea and China. First Chief Justice John Jay said, Providence has given to our people the choice of their rulers. And it is the duty, a well as a privilege and interest of a Christian nation to select and prefer Christians as their rulers. Ronald Reagan said, Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought and protected and handed on for them to do the same. Or one day we will spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like. To be an American in the land of the free. Daniel Webster said, God grants liberty only to those who love it and are always ready to guard and defend it. And I want to tell you something. People say, you know, why, why do we have to get involved? Why do we have to speak up? Just a few weeks ago, once again, I stood at the Vietnam Memorial Wall with 50. And I put my fingers on 58,000 names of men who gave their life that you and I are free today. I walked among the Korean wall and I not only saw the pictures of those men and women who died in the Korean wall. I saw my reflection and it has this big stone that says freedom is not free. I walked among the World War II Museum. I've been to the World War II Museum and the wall of all the states and all that we've done. And we are experiencing freedom because they valued your and our freedom today instead of their own lives. Do you hear me, church? And I tell you, just like I stood there and I touched the names of them soldiers, 
Thirty-something years ago, I stood and I touched the cross of Jesus Christ and I saw the price that was paid for you and my freedom. And I felt and I received the blood of Jesus Christ into my life as I stood and I touched the cross. And my Jesus didn't die for a body that he said the gates of hell would not prevail against for us just to lay down and play dead and sit here to where these people think they have a priority and they can tell some little girl that they cannot sing a song about our God reigns because it's too violent. But I could show you the program where they allowed other little kids to do witchcraft, boiling of animals, and plays of Shakespeare all in the same day, but she was not allowed to do sign language to Our God reigns. I can show you the picture. Our, our God is an awesome God. Because you know what they said? It was too violent the way she did her hand, but the others could do witchcraft. I could show you pictures where the homosexuals, they went and they made a new picture of the Lord's Supper. And they're all dressed naked and in leathers. And the table, it's just like the original Lord's Supper picture. And the table's full of sex toys. They could violate and they can mock our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and what He purchased for His blood. But we can't speak about them because it's a hate crime. They can go in a Catholic church in California and urinate on the Eucharist and they can mock the different things in the Catholic church and the Catholic church is scared to speak up because they may lose things and so whatever happened, happened. But I want to tell you something and I want America to know that God is using some lepers that may not be nobodies and they may be from nowhere, but God is raising up some who said, I'm not sitting here till I die and I'm not sitting silent anymore. I'm going to fast come uh, the 26th of this month next week and starting a 40 day fast and I'm I'm going to fast and I'm going to pray and I'm going to believe that my God is going to shake this nation and shake its people and bring righteousness because when the righteous dwell in authority, the people dwell in peace. Some people, I, I, I had the privilege and it just worked out to where uh, I had the privilege of sitting down for uh, quite a while with the colonel over the air base there just Thursday. And as I was shaking the hands of those soldiers and he was telling me miracles that happened when he was in Kuwait and in Iraq and the missiles and different things. And he's got so many testimonies. And I spent time with this colonel, this great man of God, this great uh, protector of our nation. They were saying, I was told by a soldier, he was saying, we feel like the the American people are going away from us. We don't know if we're so backed up by them like we used to be. They feel like it's turning. Pray that the people stay with us. The soldiers want to know we're with them. Can we give our military a hand right now and praise God for them? Thank you very much. I'm being told I'm too political. I'm telling you I'm being prophetical. I have people telling me I'm getting in places I don't need to go. I have people calling me threatening to leave. This week I can't believe all the phone calls I got. But I want to tell you something. I'm going to fight for my children and my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren and yours too. 
I am not here to be politically correct. I'm here to speak for the master. I'm here to tear down walls. And I'm called to be a watchman on the wall just like you are to speak the truth. Because they're trying to get a hold of our children. It doesn't run in the bloodline. You can say, well, you're born an American. But the freedom of America comes with a price. And we have grown so soft. We've grown so immature. That at the first sign... We'll quit this church and we'll go to that church. We'll quit this job and go to that job. We'll quit this wife and go to that wife. We'll leave these children and pick up some new children. There's no loyalty, no commitment because we're spoiled. Because those men died. They died on that beach in Normandy and they died giving their lives for the freedom of other nations so that we could be free. And the men who have died through the years and gave their life. And more than that, at the cross of Jesus Christ, he took the whips and he took the crowns and he took the nails in his hands and his feet so that we could be free. Tyranny is, or how does President George say Tyranny. Tyranny. Listen, though, this is so true. Tyranny is always better organized than freedom. Thomas Paine, a revolutionist in 1776, said, These are the times that, my, that try men's souls. The summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will, in the crisis, shrink from the service of their country. But he that stands it now deserves the love and thanks of men and women. Tyranny like hell is not easily conquered. Yet we have this consolation with us that the harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. Amen, church. Now, I want to share with you just a few scriptures as we get right here. Just write this down. John 17, 14 through 16. This is the message translation. John 17, 14 through 16. You don't have to look it up. This is what it says. I gave them your word. The godless world hated them because of it. Because they didn't join the world's ways. Just as I didn't join the world's ways. How many of you remember a while back uh, the Columbine High School massacre? How many remember the story of that little teenage girl named Rachel? She had just wrote an article the day before she died and she says, I want to be an example for others to follow in the area of compassion. When the gunman went in there and started shooting, she was shot and wounded, but she wasn't dead yet. The gunman went up to her and says, tell me now, if you still believe in God. And she looked up at him wounded and says, Yep, I sure do. And the gunman stuck the gun to her head and killed her. In India, they're killing teenagers for passing out tracks. They're beating them to death with clubs. In China, a young girl had a Bible and they shot her in the head for just having a Bible. But here in America, a young teenager went to school carrying a Bible. And when she walked in the classroom, the teacher grabbed it, threw it in the trash. And she says, that's my Bible. And the teacher says, you leave it alone, you'll be expelled because it's exactly where it belongs. Here in America. Teachers are being fired because they're saying, I'm still going to tell my students that Christmas is about the birthday of Jesus Christ. And they said, well, you can, be, you can just take your job somewhere else. There's these things happening in our country and the others can plead the First Amendment, but we cannot. But we have rights and we better speak up now or it may come the time where the Christians will be silenced. 
And you may say, what can we do? Oh, there, there's websites I've given you last week. There's websites I can give you now. There's plenty we can do. But what we can do right now is starting Thursday. We can go on a time of fasting and prayer and asking God for mercy on our country. They're, they don't want us to do anything. But you know what? Didn't stay in the news very long. But you know what impacted this country? How many remember when they went and they started shooting the students at that Amish school? What did the Amish people say? We forgive them. And we decide to be an example to the world of the love of our God. They don't want us to do anything, but listen, there's 29,000 registered sex offenders on that place called MySpace. Did you hear me, parents? You're hearing it from me right now. A lot of these kids have this MySpace stuff on the computer. And it's supposed to be innocent, and, and, and it is, by what I understand, it's not a bad place for kids to be. But now, there are 29,000 registered sex offenders on MySpace. Guess what? It is a perverted man's playground if we don't watch what our kids are looking at. The FBI is saying six out of ten kids get an email or instant messenger from a friend, and they write them back. There's websites and numbers for help, and I got them if you need it, but we need to be checking on these things and digging trenches for uh, our people to uh, be safe in. Amen. Got so much information here. I had something else I was going to read to you. That's okay. I'll get to you another time. How many of you know Jesus said in the twinkling of an eye, I'll be back in the Gulf? I heard it announced day after day, hour after hour. If you stay in your house, certain death. You know what the people wanted to do? Just like the Bible said that they would do. We're not going to die. Let's eat, drink and be merry. They want to have a hurricane party. And now they don't even know how many bodies have been washed out to the sea. You know why? Because we've gotten to the point we don't take anything serious. It takes all them dead bodies and all the devastation to say, well, you know what? Maybe they didn't mean what they said. What's it going to take for us Americans and what's it going to take for the church to realize maybe God means what he says? It says in the book of Isaiah, I've tried telling you word by word, line by line, and you've ignored me and you have not listened to my commandments. Now, do I have to speak through death and devastation to get your attention for you to hear what I have to say? I tried speaking, but yet no. We don't want to hear those type of words. We don't want to hear that type of message. We want you to stand up and say, everything's okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. And guess what? The people that these preachers are telling that they're okay, they're not okay either. We've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And listen, the Bible says that if we don't weep over our sins, we will end up welling over our sins. There's a lot of people welling right now because they didn't take heed. But I tell you, the worst thing in the world is to have a vision of hell and see the people welling in hell because they said, he won't send me to hell. He's a loving God. Oh, he's a loving God. But he says, you reject my son, I reject you. That's the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, church. They don't want to preach this type of stuff anymore. They don't want to preach the gospel, but we need revivalists to stand up and start preaching an old-fashioned, not an old-fashioned, but a true, genuine word of God that there is a hell and there is a heaven. There's only one way to heaven, and it's Jesus Christ. The Lord spoke to me so much this week, and I want you to look with me some scriptures in Isaiah 
Isaiah chapter 23. This is serious. This is serious times we're living in. Don't take anybody long to listen to the news, the economy, the uprisings, the rebellion that's going on. Someone told me, you know, you want to be a good pastor? I tell you what, the pastors that we know that are successful right now, I tell you what makes a good pastor is that you preach for 20 minutes on Sunday morning and the rest of the week you're cooking for your members and you're raking their grass and, you, and you're helping them take care of their houses. So in other words, what churches want, they want a hired servant who will go wash their car, cut their grass and bring their groceries in. Don't worry about preaching a real word. Don't re- worry about praying. And we wonder why all of a sudden these great men and women of God are all of a sudden, all of a sudden coming out of the closet and saying, we're a homosexual. We're falling into sin. We've stolen money. We've gone into this area. We've gone into that area. You know why? Because Peter says, we're not going to do anything but spend our time with word and prayer and preach the gospel. And and, and I'm sorry, I may not go clean your yard for you, but I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to fast for you. And I'm going to preach the truth to you. I'm going to preach the truth to you. And if you're expecting me to cook for you, I know how to make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And that is all. But I want you to see in Isaiah 23, verse 6. Send the word now. Well, you people who live in distant lands. Is this silent ruin all that's left of your once joyous city? What a long history was yours. Think of all the colonists. This is the New Living Translation. Think of all the colonists you sent to different places. Who has brought this disaster on and great crea- that great creator of kingdoms? Her traders were all princes and her merchants were nobles. The Lord of heaven's armies has done it to destroy your pride. Let me just say something here and I'll just keep making people mad. He says, I sent this to destroy your pride. A lot of those people cannot say to God, Don't mess with Texas. I'm a Texan and there's a lot of Texans in here. So I know you won't be offended because I was born in Texas, raised here in Louisiana. But there's a big thing. Don't mess with Texas. We'll handle anything. Well, there's someone you cannot handle and that's the power of Almighty God. And he says, I sense the disaster upon these once joyous cities to destroy your pride and bring low all earth's nobility. Come, people of Tarsh. Sweep over the land like a flood, a flooding Nile, for Tyre is defenseless. The Lord held out his hand over the sea and shook the kingdoms of the earth. Chapter 24, verse 1. Look, the Lord is about to destroy the earth and make it vast wilderness. He devastates the surface of the earth. He devastates the surface of the earth and scatters the people. Is this not what we're seeing right now? Priest, listen to this, listen to number two here. Priest and lay people, servants and masters, maids and mistresses. Listen to this about Wall Street. Buyers and sellers, lenders and borrowers, banker and debtors, none will be spared. The earth will be completely emptied and looted. The Lord has spoken. 
The earth mourns and dries up. The crops waste away and wither. Even the greatest people on earth waste away. The earth suffers for the sin. The earth, listen now, why is this happening? The earth suffers for the sins of its people. Listen to this. This is verse 5. They have twisted God's instructions and violated His laws and broken His everlasting covenant. Therefore, a curse consumes the earth Its people must pay the price for their sin. They are destroyed by fire and only a few are left alive. Isaiah chapter 27. Isaiah chapter 27 verse 8. Listen to this now. The Lord spoke this to me this week as I was praying. He gave me these scriptures and I give them to you today. Isaiah 27 verse 8. No, but he called the exiled Israel to call her to account. Could it be that God is calling America to account? She was exiled from her land as though blown away in a storm from the east. Where does these hurricanes come from? The east. Did we just see Arius blown away from the storm of the east? Why? The Lord did this to purge Israel's wickedness and take away her sins. It says in verse 10, the fortified towns will be silent and empty and the houses abandoned and the streets overgrown with weeds. Chapter 28, verse 9. Who does the Lord think we are? They ask. Why does he speak to us like this? Are we little children just recently weaned? He tells us everything over and over one line at a time. One line at a time, a little here and a little there. So now God will speak to his people through foreign oppressors who speak a strange language. God has told his people, here's a place of rest. Let the weary rest here. This is a place of quiet rest. But they would not listen. So the Lord will spell out his message for them again, one line at a time. Here and there, a little there, till they will stumble and fall, injured, trapped, and captured. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 8. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 8. Now go and write these words. Write them in a book. They will stand until the end of time as a witness that these people are stubborn rebels who refuse to pay attention to the Lord's instructions. They tell the seers, listen what they tell the seers, the preachers and the prophets. They tell the seers, stop seeing visions. They tell the prophets, don't tell us what is right. Tell us nice things. Tell us lies. Forget all this gloom. Get off your narrow path. Stop telling us about your Holy One of Israel. Isn't that what we're hearing? Don't tell us the truth. Tell us what we want to hear. Tell us nice things. Tell us how good and how nice we are. Tell us how we're the best. No, He's the best and He is the only answer for our life. We cannot lie anymore. We've gone through a season where we have preached and we have said, God will not allow evil to come upon this country. But now we're full of evil and we're being attacked by evil. 
We've had a lot of trouble getting along, even in the churches. What will happen if we have to start standing in lines together to get food together, to live together, and to eat together? You say, oh, you're preaching that doom and gloom stuff. No, I'm just saying there will come a place that if we don't submit to the will and the glory of God now, there will be a time where we will be made because Americans are not greater than the commandments of God. Look at Jeremiah chapter 15. But we got such great men and women of God. We've got Rod Parsley and we've got this one and we've got that one. And, and, and God's not going to allow these things to happen. I want you to see something Jeremiah 15 verse 1. And I'm praying we're not, we haven't gone this far. But it says in Jeremiah 15 verse 1, Then the Lord said to me, Even if Moses and Samuel stood before me pleading for these people, I wouldn't help them. Away with them. Get them out of my sight. For if they say to you, where can we go? Tell them, this is what the Lord says. Those who are destined for death to death. Those who are destined for war to war. Those who are destined for famine to famine. And those who are destined for captivity to captivity. And I will send four kinds of destroyers among them, says the Lord. And I will send the sword to kill, the dogs to drag away, and the vultures to devour, and the wild animals to to finish up what is left. Look with me, Ezekiel 14. He says, not even Moses and Samuel would be able to stand before me and change my mind. Ezekiel 14, verse 12. Ezekiel 14, verse 12. Then this message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, suppose the people of a country were to sin against me. And I lifted up my fist to crush them, cutting off their food supply and sending a famine to destroy both people and animals. Verse 14. Even if Noah, now he lists three other patriarchs. Even if Noah, Daniel, and Job were there, Their righteousness would not save no one but themselves, says the sovereign God. Or suppose I would send wild animals to invade the country and kill the people and make the land too desolate and dangerous to pass through. As surely as I live, says the sovereign Lord, even if those three men were there, they would not be able to save their own sons or daughters. They alone would be saved, but the land would be made desolate. Or suppose I were to bring war against the land and I sent enemy armies to destroy both people and animals. As surely as I live, says the sovereign Lord, even if those three men were there, they wouldn't be able to save their own sons or daughters. They themselves would be saved. Or suppose I would pour out my fury by sending an epidemic into the land and the disease killed the people and animals alike. As surely as I live, says the sovereign Lord, even if Noah, Daniel and Job were there, they would not be able to save their own sons or daughters. They alone would be saved by their righteousness. This is strong. I read that and I prayed. I fell on my face and I cried before God and I said, Lord, who can compare to Moses and Daniel and Job? Who can compare to these men of God? And the Holy Spirit says, you are on this side of Calvary. That that high priest, that man Christ Jesus, who gave his life on this side of Calvary, is standing before the Father, making intercession for America to be covered by his blood. 
It's not over. We're not through. There still is time, but there's a cry out for the watchman to awaken, to cry unto the Lord on behalf of His people. I want you to look with me quickly in Exodus. Exodus chapter 33. God was wanting to destroy the people and Moses stood before Him. And I want you to see in Exodus 33. Why did Moses cry out? This is what has to be our cry in Exodus chapter 33 verse 18. Moses stood before the Lord. He wanted to destroy the, the people, wanted to raise up a new breed of people. And Moses stood up in verse 18. He said, and he said, please, say that with me, please. When was the last time we shouted out please to God? Not just for ourselves, but for our country, for our government, for our school system, for the veterans hospital that got that chapel and took the Bible, the cross, and threw it on the ground and stomped on it and arrested that veteran of Vietnam, arrested him, dying of cancer. And that orange, that that disease of the lungs, arrested him and took him away because he put the Bible and the cross back in the chapel in the veterans hospital. And they covered up the stained glass windows and they said, we don't want this and it's against the law now to have this in a veterans hospital. In our country. How long will we be quiet and pray that while we're quiet, God will look away? How long does it work like that? I don't know. All I know is we cry out, mercy triumphs over judgment. And we cry out that the righteous are crying out to God, please show your glory. In the midst of the sin, in the midst where they are spitting upon your word, in the midst where they are they, they want your name silenced in this country that was founded upon your name and your word. In the midst of all the disease and the sickness that are going into our schools and trying to contaminate our children and the marriages and all the filth that's going on, we pray mercy to try over judgment and please show your glory. If the people could see the glory of God, then the glories of this world would be nothing compared to the glory of God. You hear me, church? Kabod, the weight, the abundance, the riches, the honor, and the glory of God. Moses understood God's heart for Israel, and we've got to understand God's heart for America. I'm almost through. Let me give you, I'm not going to leave you like this. Look with me, Isaiah 59. Isaiah 59. And I know I'm going over time. But I want, I'm not going to. I'm not going to leave you in a gloom and doom. Because there is hope. There's an expected end. Psalms 59 verse 11. Things we have to pray. Write this down. Things we have to pray, church. I want to encourage you. Whether you just fast a cokes for 40 days, fast sweets for 40 days, fast an hour of sleep for 40 days to spend that hour with God, fast. Certain things, meats, a Daniel fast, whatever God leads you to do as we go and we pray on behalf of this nation. It says in Psalms 59 verse 11, this is still the new living. It says, don't kill them for my people soon forget such lessons. Stagger them with your power and bring them to your knees. O Lord, our shield. Because of the sinful things they say, because of the evil that is on their lips, let them be captured by their pride, their curses and their lies. But look at verse 16. But as for me, say that with me. But as for me, 
But it's for me and my house. Say that. But as far as me, I will sing about your power each morning. I will sing about the joy about your unfailing love. For you have been my refuge, a place of safety when I'm in distress. Oh, my strength to you. I sing praises for you. Oh, God, you are my refuge. The Lord who shows me unfailing love. Chapter 60, verse 1. You have rejected us, O God, and broken our defenses. You have been angry with us. But now, listen to what he says. Now restore us. Say that with me. Now restore us to your favor. Restore America to your favor. You have, verse 2 says, you have shaken our land and split it open. Now seal the cracks for the land trembles. Verse 11. Oh, please help us against our enemies for all human help is useless. With God's help, we will do mighty things and we will trample down our foes. Look at Isaiah 25. I'm coming to an end. Isaiah 25, verse 2. Isaiah 25, verse 2. Isaiah 25, verse 2. He says, You turn mighty cities into heaps of ruins. Cities with strong walls are turned to rubble. Beautiful palaces in distant lands disappear and will never be rebuilt. Therefore, strong nations will declare your glory. And ruthless nations will fear you. But here we go. But you are a tower of refuge to the poor, O Lord. A tower of refuge to the needy in distress. You are a refuge from the storm and a shelter from the heat. For the oppressive acts of ruthless people are like a storm beating against a wall. Verse 7. There he will remove the cloud of gloom. Yes, Lord. The shadow of death that hangs over the earth. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away all tears. He will remove forever. Listen to this now. Verse 8. He will remove forever all insults and mockery against his land and his people. The Lord has spoken. And that day the people will proclaim, this is our God. We trusted in Him. He saved us. This is the Lord in whom we trusted. Let us rejoice in His salvation. For the Lord, hand of blessing, will rest upon Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Let me just read these and I'll end. Proverbs twenty-three seventeen. Always continue to fear the Lord, for surely you have a future ahead of you. And your hope will not be disappointed. Listen, I believe there is a revival coming to America. I believe that you're going to see righteousness and unity and love for God and His Word like never before. I believe that every place where they have tried to tear down the memorials for God, they're going to rebuild them for the glory of God because only God can save our nation. I believe that there is still hope and we will not be disappointed. And Isaiah 29, 22 through 24 says, This is why the Lord who redeemed Abraham says to His people, My people will no longer... Be pale with fear or shame. For when, not if, but when they see their many children and material blessings, they will recognize the holiness of the Holy One of Israel. They will stand in awe of the God of Israel. Those in error will then believe the truth. 
And those who constantly complain will accept instruction. I'm claiming that for America. They're letting, and excuse it, but it's in the Bible. They're letting the horrors of Hollywood speak on TV. They're letting the horrors of Hollywood speak against the candidates because of their under conviction of their own ruthless, perverted living. People pay attention to the whores who are popular than they do to the people who are speaking truth. But he says, I'm going to shake the nation to where it will be a nation who's not looking for the entertainment and the words of those who don't even have an idea of what they're speaking about. To those who are a voice crying out in the wilderness that you better be preparing the way of the Lord because judgment is coming. God has in these last few years sent more Christian movies and is still sending Christian movies than he had when Clinton was in office. The economy, different things. We may complain about different stuff and this and that and the other, but we have never, we have not had another 9-11 in this land because soldiers are willing to risk their lives and keep the fight over there instead of allow it to come over here. I'm not saying everything's right. I'm not saying everything's good. But you know what? It's not the, the, it is not the problem of a political party or a political group or a man. The problem is in the house of God. Judgment starts in the house of God. And that's why we have to, as the house of God, humble ourselves, pray and fast and say, Lord, please show us your glory. Please create in us a heart that is hungry to seek after you. A heart that is quick to repent. Lord, I plead your blood over my sins and the sins of my nation. Stop abortion and send revival to America. That is a cry that is going out 24 hours, seven a week. I plead the blood over my sins and the sins of my nation. And abortion and send revival to America. We must plead the blood. And we must decree revival. We do not give up on America because he hasn't given up on us, church. I I see people all through here that I know that God has a call and his hand upon your life. There are people here that have not compromised and kneeled to Baal. There are people here who are not interested in being politically correct. There are people here who are willing to surrender everything to God. There are people here who are willing to die to this world. And live for the glory of the King. I know in this church, and I know in other churches too, that there is a call to people to live before God. It may cost you friendships. It may cost you relationships. It may cost you comfort. But if He has to shake America to awaken the other nations to call upon the name of the Lord, then let Him shake us. Let Him shake us. Because it's better to get into heaven without a Cadillac. It's better to get in heaven living in a trailer 
than living in a gated community. It's better to live in heaven, never being known by man, but accepted by the beloved. And that is what God is searching for. Let's stand.